you know, I was thinking about this, you know, coming to Matzah Shabbos, coming to Slichas. If the Minig by B'nai Ashkenaz, like I mentioned this morning, if the Minig by B'nai Ashkenaz is to, is to come into Slichas, not just Sunday morning, early Sunday morning, but Matzah Shabbos, Matzah Menucha Kedanucha Tchila, so it must be, it must be, that the only way for a Jew to enter into Rosh Hashanah Kippur is with Dov Malka Meshich, is with Dov HaMelech, it's Matzah Shabbos. Love Amalka. So there's a, there's a Maisa that I was reminded of. Maisa is that you know, everyone's heard of the Tzadik of Ari Levin. So Ari Levin, the Tzadik of Yerushalayim. So he used to daven every single morning. He used to daven by Sikin, by the, by the Kaisal, by the Koto. He used to daven every morning. And so there was one morning in particular that he woke even extra early to go to the Kaisal. And he's walking through uh, the old city. And you know, in the old city, so they have like, you know, this... It's officially called a street, Rehov, whatever, but it's like a tiny little half an alleyway, you know? So he's going through one of the streets of the old city, and he, it's all by, you know, the whole city's deserted. It's very, very late or very, very early, depending on perspective, and he's mosh by himself. And he's going to one of these side streets, and he happens to see, he sees a yid at the end of the street. It's a short old man, it says in the book, and he was like sweeping the floor. Obviously, you know, someone, a worker from the city, he's sweeping the floors. It said, it said the name, it was the Svartish name, I'm not going to remember anymore, but it was a, a year that was sweeping. So Varadavid sees, and he says, Oh, he says, Achi, my brother, Bokertov, Achi. And so the Yid turns around and he notices that it's a Tzadik, it's Varadavid. So he quickly stands up and he takes the broom and he like, hides it behind his back. He's a little bit embarrassed. And he says, Achtorarav, Bokertov. So Ravine picks up on that, that he's like embarrassed about the sweeping. So Ravine walked, walked over and he grabbed the broom from behind his back and he started like making nice, like, you know, petting the broom. And he said, he said, I'm jealous of you. I'm jealous of you. Because everyone has such a schluss to go and clean the streets of Yishalayim, make the city of Yishalayim that much cleaner, that's that much nicer. And with that, you know, he said, Sean, he went on his way. So this year later on said, he said that his whole life, his whole life he was embarrassed of himself, you know. That this is his lot in life that he cleaned the streets. And he said when when the Tzadik Mugar Levine like did that and gave him some, you know, covet and put his life in perspective, that he said, I felt like Mamash a prince. And the broom was like Mamash my scepter, you know, that's what he said. So it's like, you know, when you get to Rosh Hashanah, it's like sometimes you can feel like that old Jew, that old Sardin Jew is like, you know, caught red handed with something, you have to like hide it behind your back. You know? But David Melech on Matzai Shabbos, David Melech is like Rabbi Levine coming and sort of making nice and like that. You could do it. It's okay, you know. You're a prince. You could come to the king. You could come to the king. So that's what I want to speak about for a few minutes. What's the? What's the void of sliches? What's the void of sliches? Everything we do in Yiddishkeit, as I mentioned many times, you're all familiar with this already. That Yiddishkeit is not a passive religion. We don't we don't do anything in a reactive way. We're not just sitting here and begging. We're being quiet. We're being piled. We're accomplishing. We're doing. We're doing. We're being piled something. So the question is, what is what's what are we doing? What are we building? What what aspect of the nefesh are we developing to allow us entrance into Yom Neroi? And again, as I said, it has to do with Dovid Melech and Muski. So let's 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 learn about Slichas for a couple minutes. We know that the minig of Ashkenaz again. That's what we're doing. This Ashkenazim. So Minig Vashnaz is not just to say Slichas from Rosh Hashanah and Aserah Shmei Tshuva, the time of Tshuva. So it really makes sense to say Slichas, to ask for forgiveness. 
The Negevashkinas is to pull back Slichas at least four or five days before Rosh Hashanah. This week it's a full week before Rosh Hashanah. Why? Okay, there's different explanations. The Vilna Goyen said the following thing. The Vilna Goyen said that the reason is as follows. The Vilna Goyen said that we know the Rabbani Shalom created the world the sixth day of creation was the first day of Tishra. Right? Rosh Hashanah was the sixth day of creation. Which means that really the beginning of creation, the first day of creation, was Chav Hei'el. Said the Goyen, the purpose of saying Slichas is because there's something missing in Maise Vreshas. Not only is there something missing on the sixth day of creation, but really there's something missing already from day one, from the first day of creation. And you didn't come to say Slichas to fill in that gap. Whatever is missing in creation, Slichas comes to fill. Slichas comes to fix. And so said the Vilna this is why we say Slichas already days before Rosh Hashanah. Because Rosh Hashanah was day six of creation. And we need to fortify creation. We need to be Mechazic creation and make sure that it's stable by saying Slichas already from before. Commemorating the first day of creation, the Sunday of creation. Said the Vilna I, so why don't we say Slichas from Chaf El? 25th of El, that's the technically the first day of creation. Said the Vilna the minigi is not to do Chaf El because Chaf El comes in, we don't know what day it is. It's sometimes Tuesday, sometimes on Wednesday, sometimes on Sunday, sometimes on Shabbos. It could be all over the place. So the minigi became to establish Slichas on a Sunday. Let's say Shabbos, Sunday. But Sunday should be the first day of Slichas, even though technically. It's really for Chafei El, which is this, the first day of creation. Well, the first day of creation was a Sunday. So we pick the day of the week Sunday because Sunday is always Sunday. We could always mark our calendar. It's always going to be Matzah Shabbos. It's always going to be a Sunday. That's the Vilna Okay, so two Nakudas. First of all, what does it mean that there's something missing in creation that Slichas comes to fill? Like what's missing? We think of Slichas as, again, Slichas is we do have Averis, and there's going to be a judgment coming. So we want to, you know, we want to make sure that we're on the good side of the judgment. So we say Slichas. But the Vilna is telling us it's not like that. It has to do with my vibrations. That creation itself demands slichas. There's something missing without us saying slichas. So number one, what is that? And number two, why are we... What's the big deal if it's chafei elul that we, st- that we start slichas and it changes from year to year? So Sunday, sometimes it's a Monday, sometimes it's a Tuesday. So why, why is that so bad? What's this Indian that slichas has to be a davar kavur? It has to be set. We have to be able to every year mark the calendar and say, I know when Slichas is, it's going to be Matzah Shabbos. Why, why is that? Why is that so important? Every other, you know, Rosh Chaydesh, you know, it's not every, every month the same day of the week. So why is it Why should Slichas have to be Dafka a certain day of the week? All right, so it's like this. In the Kavonis of the Rizal, Kavonis of Rashash, we find the following, the following Indian. I'm not going to be able to explain, but it's, it's not the time for Rishas and even for so to explain exactly why this is. But the site of Slichas and its place, Slichas is all revolving on Yudim Hashem Hashem The place of the Yudim and Slichas, which is the Indian of Yudim that Indian within my Sabratius is connected to a certain Kavana that we connected to a kavana, connected to a bracha that we say every day or every night. And that's the bracha we should, the bracha of a mapa. It's a mapa. A mapa is a bracha that you say before you go to bed, a Krishna Lamit. The nusach of a mapil, the kavanas that are connected with a mapil are related to this Indian of slichas vis-a-vis Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. 
And the Nusach of Amapil is like this. Amapil, this is the beginning of it. Amapil, Chevli, Shein, Aleinai, Usnum, Alafapoyf. And Hashem, we bless Hashem that Hashem, you are bringing drowsiness and sleepfulness to my eyes. My eyes are closing. And there's a darkness setting in to me, and I'm falling asleep. Umeir li ishan basayim. Here's the Nakuda Slichis. Umeir li ishan basayim. But Hashem, at the same time that my eyes are closing and there's a darkness setting in, you are illuminating, Umeir, you are illuminating the pupil of my eye. Umeir li ishan basayim. Now let's understand. If the human being is falling asleep at night, then we know B'Tselem Elokim, if the human being is falling asleep and the eyes of the, of the human being are closing, it means that's only a reflection of what's going on in Shemayim vis-a-vis that person. That the Rabbanu Shalom Kviyach is closing his eyes vis-a-vis that person. And we know the Rabbanu Shalom looks at you. When the Rabbanu Shalom looks at a person, that's not just Hashem looking at you. That's sending life, that's sending light, that's sending invigoration, that's sending chiz. If a person's eyes are closing, it means Hashem is closing his eyes to you. So when we say that bracha of that my eyes are closing and slumberness is taking hold of me, it means that at this moment the Rebbe is also closing his eyes on me. But at the same time, while the Rebbe is closing his eyes on me, which means there's a lack of energy, there's a lack of chiyas, and that reflects itself in me that I'm also falling asleep. But I should know that at the same time, the pupil of my eye is being illuminated. Hashem is closing his eyes, but he's also looking at me. Hashem has this way of looking and not looking at the same time. On the one hand, the eyes are closed and Hashem stops looking. But there's another eye, there's another way of looking, there's another vision of the Rabbani Shalom, that Hashem never stops looking. And that's connected to this in of a Lishan Basayim. And this is the secret of Slichas. The secret of Slichas is, Umeir Lishan Basayim to fortify creation, not with the regular eyes, that sometimes are open and sometimes are closed, which is a ma'apol sheina chevle sheina leina snuma ma'apapoi, but slichas comes and fortifies creation with what? That there's another eye. There's another way of looking. The Rabbani Shalom is always looking. Me'er l'ishen v'asoyin, hinei l'yin v'lishen shom Yisrael. So what does that mean? Very simple. I'll try and make it simple. You know, there's another yontif that the Jewish people have, which on the outside might not have anything to do with Rosh Hashanah, but if you think even just a little bit, if you wouldn't know any better, you'd say this other yontif is mamish all Rosh Hashanah, Malchias, Melech. What's the other yontif that we have that's revolving around Melech? Ha-Melech. It's Purim. It's Purim. The whole Indian of Purim, and Megillah Sester, is revolving around Ha-Melech. Hamelech is Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The two young Taifim that the word Hamelech is center is Purim and Rosh Hashanah. And the truth is, without getting into Arichas, in the Kisvei Ari, there are there's a very strong relationship between Purim and Rosh Hashanah. In one sentence, what happened with Purim, the fact that there was this threat and this dread from Haman, that's what happens on Rosh Hashanah if there's no Shoifer. That may be oven, but that's not for now. So if, if we're going to understand the panemius of Rosh Hashanah, you have to look at Purim. There are two women when it comes to Purim, and they're very different from each other. There's Vashti on one side, and Esther Malka on the other, yeah? What's the difference between a Vashti and an Esther Malka? So you know, 
I mentioned the Rabbanu Shalom looks at a Jew. There are certain eyes that the Rabbanu Shalom has that looks at a Jew, and these eyes that the Rabbanu Shalom uses, Bez Hashem should be open, but sometimes they're open and sometimes they're closed. Sometimes they're open, sometimes they're closed. What does it feel like when, it, when the Rabbanu Shalom is looking at you with those eyes open? That's what it feels like. It feels like, like when HaMelech called Vashti, and the Melech called Vashti in, that Vashti should come. When the Rabbanu Shalom looks at you with those open eyes, it means that Alpi Mishpat, Alpi Din, you deserve to approach the king. And the king is formally commanding and inviting you in. That's when the eyes are open. Now it happens to be the, the Vashti type of person, even when the king invites Vashti in, Vashti refuses to come. But there is such an Indian of a Jew being invited to the king. And then there's a tukufa when the eyes are closed. Which means the Rebbe is not looking at you. And when the Rebbe is not looking at you, it means, with eye contact, it means the Rebbe is going like this, come close. And when the eyes are closed, it means the Rebbe is like, not today, not interested. This is what's called on Elgis HaMishwa, this is Charvainish, this is Din That sometimes you deserve to be called into the king, and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you're caught with a broom, and then the Rebbe says, no. And sometimes you don't have a broom. The Rebbe says, okay, come. Let's understand. The Rebbe created the world with such eyes. The first thing the Rebbe created was, he or let there be light. And every single day of creation, Hashem saw the light that it was good. He saw it, he saw it, he saw it. Those are the eyes that sometimes are open and sometimes are closed. And because of that, reality itself is unstable. Reality itself is unstable. It stands on rocky, on, on un, un, unfirm terrain, rocky terrain, unsettled terrain. Because every single moment since Maisa Bracious, the world is concerned, maybe the Rebbe is going to close his eyes. Maybe Hashem is going to close his eyes. So you have, a, you have a Vashti type of Yid that's waiting for the invitation, and sometimes when the invitation comes, they go, sometimes not. But then you have Esther Malka. What's Esther Malka? Esther Malka is the site of Hine Loyon of Elisha and Esther Malka is the site of what? Of Meir Leisha and Bas Ayin. That at the same time that there is such an Indian as Mishpah, there's such a thing as judgment and justice, which means that sometimes you're being called and sometimes you're not being called. But the secret of a Jew and the secret of Nishmas Yisrael of Esther Malka is what? Is that even when she's not called to the king and even when the Rabbanishim's eyes are closed, Esther Amalka believes and feels intuitively and instinctually that although the eyes are closed, there is another eye that's still looking at me. And I am still being invited in. And Esther Amalka has the chutzpah and audacity to approach the king, even though the, the regular invitation has not been offered for an entire month. But Esther Amalka has that strength of character and that is chazkas, that amuna in umer li'ishan basayim. That is the end of the Yud What's happening when you say you go Zerachman? Like, what do we do? We're just saying statements that Hashem is compassionate and He's giving and loving and kind. Say, ask. That's not what Yudim Zerachman are about. That's not what Slichas are. Slichas are just saying the Yudim Zerachman. Do this formula, says the Rabbani Shalom. Say the Yudim Zerachman and it'll be okay. What's the side of that? The side of that is that the Yudim Zerachimim are evoking, are awakening this inyan of Hine Layon of the Lish and Shami Yisrael, which is 
that although there's such a mitzvah as mishpat, and we all know that going into Rosh Hashanah, that's what most people are thinking of, and most kids are worried about, it's all mishpat, mishpat, mishpat. But the true, the real side of Rosh Hashanah and our avoid of Rosh Hashanah is what is to stabilize creation. And while creation feels unstable and unhealthy and insecure about its very mitzvahs, of I'm not sure if I am going to live, and I'm not sure even if I deserve to live, and I'm not sure if my existence is something that's even desirable. But the secret of Slichas is to say that there's another foundation of reality, a steeper and stronger and more solid and consistent foundation. And that is Hashem, Hashem, Kel, Rach, Lechan, Erech, Apayim, Rav, Chesed, Viemes. That the Rebbe Hashem's eyes are always, always open and the Rebbe Hashem is always calling you. And if a Jew, as long as you have an Hashem inside of you, it means that you have to believe that no matter what happened and all the regular two, regular two eyes of the Rabbanu Shemkeviyachal has been closed upon you, and you feel that slumberness, Memela, you have to decide, am I going to be a Vashem, or am I going to be Esther Malka? Am I going to buy in to that first part of Amapil, Amapil Chev L'Shein Aleinai, Ustum Rav Apoy? Or am I going to believe in deeper, am I going to believe in a mere Le'ishad Basayi? That's the question that a Jew has to answer, Slichus. Do, am I willing, am I willing to go into the king like I mentioned this morning, with all of my deficiencies, with all, with everything that's, that is the, the reason why the eyes have been closed, am I going to be willing to go in with all of that and approach the king nonetheless and believe that deep down, although the king is saying on the outside, no, really what he means is yes. That's the question of slichas, and that's the avoid of slichas. That is the context in which a Judah's tshuva coming to Rosh Hashanah. It's not time to do tshuva because we're afraid of mishpat. If a Jew does tshuva because you're afraid of what's going to be in the coming year, if you don't do tshuva, then you're being selfish. It's not about you. The whole tshuva that we have to do coming to Rosh Hashanah is, the ikr tshuva is to approach the king and be willing to approach the king. When you approach the king, you want to be able to, you want to, be able to stand up tall and proud of yourself. But you're going to approach the king nonetheless. That's the secret of slichas. That's the way the slichas. This is why, this is what it means when the Gondolagai said, that without Slichus, the reality itself is missing. And Slichus comes to fortify creation. Because without Slichus, then everything is resting on just Mishpat. And Mishpat, sometimes the eyes are open and sometimes the eyes are closed. But come Slichus to reveal, that Slichus means the Rebbe is always awake. And this is why after the Minig is to say Slichus, Matzai Shabbos. And as the Vilna Gain said, it's not enough just to say slichas on Chav El. We need to do it on a, on a Sunday to make sure that we can always set our clock to it and set our watches. We know exactly when slichas is going to be. Why is that so important? The answer is that's the whole inning of slichas. It's the whole inning of slichas to be able to be kavua and to be able to say, I know with certainty something. What do I know with certainty? I know with certainty that really the Rabbanish wants me to come. Ah, he didn't invite me. And if anything, it's the opposite. He's disinviting me. He's sending me messages with closed eyes saying, I don't want you to come. But Slicha says, I know what the Rebbe really means. He's saying, no, really he means yes. Really he means yes. That's the kvias, that's the stability that reality itself demands. Reality is yearning for and waiting for. We're doing a chesed by davening Slichas. We're doing a chesed not just for ourselves and for our family. We're doing a chesed for reality itself. All the malachim, everyone's shaking, stirring, all the heavens are, are nervous. What are they nervous about? 
They're nervous about what is their, does their Rabbanu want us in that? And the Jewish people give an answer to reality by saying, it doesn't matter whether the Rabbanu says he wants you or not. We know he does. That's what Slichus means. And therefore it has to be on a day that's Kavua. The whole Indian Slichus is to make it Kavua. You know, everyone, we have to come into Rosh Hashanah, we have to connect ourselves to Rav Nachman, whether we're going to be in or not. We have to do that. So I'll share with you a couple lines from Rav Nachman. This is in, in Kuf Tesvav, in the Kut Maran. Just a couple lines. The Omar, Rav Nachman said, Ke Hashem Yisbarach Oyev Mishpat. Everybody in loves justice. And that's one of the Anogas. Those are eyes that sometimes are open and sometimes are closed. Hamapil Chavu Shein Aleinai, Usnuma Valotoi. The Gamu Oyev Yisrael. But the Rav also loves Yidin. That's called Merle Yishim Basoyim. That's called Yudim Mitzrachimim. That's why Esther Malka, by the way, when she's in the palace and all of a sudden Ruch HaKadosh leaves her, what does she say? What tepeta, what does she say? Keili, Keili, Loma Zaftan. The word Keili comes from the word Keil. That what? Keil is the first meat of the Yudim Mitzrachimim. Hashem Hashem is the introduction. Keil, Racham Achanam. Keili, Keili, Loma Zaftan. So Hashem is Oyev Mishpat and He's Oyev Yisrael. And said of Nachman, Ach Avos Yisroel Yisroel Higedoyel Yoyser Miyavish Oyvisam Mishpat. And this is the secret slicha: is to know that the Rebbeinu Shem loves Yidden more than he loves Mishpat. And that's the way the slicha: to believe in that, to mekash ourselves to that. And all of this is Davra Melach. This is all Davra Melach. What do I mean? So I should teach us a few psukim. Simple. Everyone knows the Maisa when when uh, Shmuel Hanavi was sent. Shmuel was sent to anoint Davon HaMelech as king. But he wasn't given a name. He was given a family. He was told by the Rabbani Shlom that one of the sons of Yishai in the city of Beis Lachem should be anointed as king. But you'll have to figure it out yourself. Okay. So he goes to Yishai. Yishai was one of the Abdar. And he goes to Yishai. So Yishai brings all the sons, or the sons that he thinks are worthy of being a king. And he presents them all before Shmuel Hanavi. Shmuel had good eyes. Shmuel Hanavi goes, Vayibavayim. So Shmuel's there. Yishai brings all the sons. Vayar is Aliyev. And the eldest son of Yishai, the oldest son, was Aliyev. And Aliyev was a tzaddik Yisod Ayoloch, as I'll say. Part of the Sanhedrin. Vayar is Aliyev. So Shmuel sees Aliyev. Vayoymer. Ach, Negev Hashem And Shmuel, with the eyes of a Navi, looks into Aliyah's eyes and says, oh, this is the anointed one. This is the anointed one. What happens? But Hashem says to Shmuel, Don't look at how tall he is. And don't look at how handsome he is. And don't think for a second that Shmuel was looking at like measuring inches and you know, making sure that his speeches were symmetrical. Shmuel Hanavi was looking at what it means to be a gaiva kaima, to be tall, to be handsome, to be beautiful. That's tzaddik. And Hashem says, don't look at that. Because my melech... Let's understand, what does it mean to be a melech? The whole Rosh Hashanah were proclaiming Hashem as a king. Does anyone here have any emotional attachment to what it means to be a king? First of all, there's barely any, any kings in the world anymore. And those that still kings, uh, we're all American. What shaykhs do you have to call a melech? Who cares about a melech? You know what a melech means? Melech b'mishpat yamid aretz. A melech means a force of stability. Without a melech, without a king, without a government, what happens? Anarchy. It's crazy. Everyone just kills each other. 
Everyone swallows each other up. What is a melech? A melech takes a world that's unstable, and the melech creates stability. What does it mean when we're saying every single day, you know, HaMelech HaKadosh, and we're Hashem as the melech? You know what we're saying? Understand the oymik of this, and this is the kavod of melech. When you're saying melech, what you're saying is Rabbi Nishloimah, I see and I believe that you gaze upon me not just with the eyes of Mishpat. Because if you gaze upon me and the rest of the world with Mishpat, then everything is unstable. And the Melech is supposed to bring stability, not instability. The whole Indian of proclaiming Hashem as Melech means that the Rabbani Shalom, we believe, you're always gazing upon us. And what does it mean Hashem looking at you? It means that He's always calling you in. The Rebbe always wants to hear from you with all of your inyanim. He wants you to come close. And that stability is what it means to be a melech. So says the Rebbe to Shmuel Navi, don't look with eyes that are sometimes open and sometimes closed. He's tall, he's short, he's beautiful, he's not beautiful. Don't look with eyes like that. That's not going to be the eyes that establish a melech. That's not going to be it. Kiloya Shahira Saadam says the Rebbe because I don't look at human beings the way you do. Human beings use two eyes to see things. That one eye sees good, one eye sees bad. Sometimes yes, sometimes not. Hashem sees the heart. That's what the Rabbanu Shalom sees. So then the next one comes, Avinadav. He's presented before Shmuel. The Rabbanu says, not him either. The Yavar Yisha Shaman, son after son after son, died enough. And we all know the story. The Yarmish Shmuel Yisha, so Shmuel says to Yisha the father, Tam and Arm, is this all the sons that you have? Can't be. The Yarmish Aisha Kodin. So he says, okay, I have one young son. The Yarmish Shmuel he's a shepherd in the flock. The Yarmish Shmuel Yisha, Shalchavakechan. No, call him, bring him over. I'm not leaving until you bring him. So Shishai sends for David, and he's brought and he looks red, the opposite of what his oldest brother looked like. In Yifei and Ayin. But there's something about his eyes. There's something about his eyes. It doesn't look good, but there's something about his eyes. The pupil of his eyes are something special. Something special. Now stand up and anoint this person. Yizehu, this is it. This is what it means, Malchus. The only generation that in truth is worthy of proclaiming Hashem as a real Melech is a generation that's already gotten all the no's from those eyes that sometimes are closed. When you've been rejected a million times, that's when you can finally proclaim Hashem as a Melech. Because that's what it means to be a Melech. To believe in merely Yishim Vasayim. That's the Vaidus Lichus. Every single moment from this point on until it comes to Hamelech, it's the Mechazik of remembering that the Rabbanu Shalom always wants you, whether you feel it, whether you don't feel it, whether you feel invited, whether you don't feel invited. You, you, you establish yourself, you strengthen yourself that you're Esther Malka, that you're going in no matter what. And you believe that when you get there, the Rabbanu Shalom will offer a scepter and everything's going to be okay. The world is nervous. Yidin are nervous. And there has to be some Yidin that are confident and tell the world not to be so nervous. Hashem is the Melech. And the Melech brings stability and menucha and comfort and livability. 
you want to live in a country that has a melech, that has stability. That's what you want. You don't want to run away from a melech like that. You need it. We all have to be ambassadors of that. We have to remind the world that it's okay, everything's good, Hashem is going to be good. It's a good yantif to celebrate. Hashem is always looking at you. He always wants you to come. The pupil is always being illuminated by that other vision, the deeper vision. Let me end up with a quick Maisa. So Maisa goes, this is uh, Ramatullah Hornstiples, one of the older Tzadikim a few generations ago. So Maisa says that during, before Rosh Hashanah, during you know, the end of El and so on, he would travel to the surrounding shtetlach of that area to give drushes to Chazik. So he came to a particular shtetl, and uh, he comes and gives a drusha, and afterwards, a number of the chevra come over to him and say that, you know, it was beautiful and, you know, it's amazing. But there's a problem that's going on in the neighborhood. Maybe you can help us. Yeah, sure. So he said, they said that we're having a real hard time with the parts. The parts over here is giving us a real hard time. He goes out of his way to make us crazy. So the Ramatul says, it's a parts, what am I supposed to do? He says, no, what makes this maybe better or worse is that the parts is a yid. He's, uh, he's completely alienated. He grew up from something happened, whatever it is, but he's he's now Lahachis. But he is a yid. So Ramadan says, okay, so let me let me let me try to figure this out. So he figures out a little bit more about this person, his name and so on. And so Ramadan goes to his chasidim uh, and so on. He says to him, listen, tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning we're all gonna travel, we're gonna go to the parts of home, we're gonna pay a visit. Unannounced, but we're just gonna show up, okay? So that's what happens. So he gets in his wagon, it's a whole entourage, Mamish wagon, 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 done the whole caravan. And they're driving towards the parts, it's empty, the parts is castle, you know. And so they're, they're going. The parts hears the whole commotion, this whole caravan of wagons coming. So he goes out to his balcony to watch what's going on. He's smoking a pipe, that's what it says in Savior, smoking a pipe, with his hands folded, you know. And he's watching this caravan coming. Strange thing. And all of a sudden the caravan pulls up, and out of the first wagon, the tzaddik emerges. And the tzaddik looks at the you know, he's looking at the whole palace over there, and then he finds the parts by the balcony, and he locks eyes on it. And they're looking at each other for a few seconds. And then after a few seconds, the parts turns around, goes into the house. And a minute or so later, the front door opens, and the parts are standing there. And they're just looking at each other right there. And the parts, without saying anything, just oh, lets the rabbi come in. So it goes... To the dining room, and parts sits down and pulls up a chair for the rabbi. The rabbi just sits there, just looks staring. And the parts is staring there with a pipe with his hands folded, just staring back. It's going like this five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. They're just staring at each other. And at some point, the eyes of the parts begin to get weaker. And instead of being in that, you know, defensive, aggressive stance, it begins to soften. And he puts the pipe down, and he begins to tear up. And at that moment, when he begins to, to tear up, the rabbi says, Hashem, he gets up and he leaves. Right? This is a few days before Rosh Hashanah. The rabbi decides he's going to come back for Hashem to daven at this shtetl. So he comes back for Rosh Hashanah. And all of a sudden, in the middle of davening, the doors open, and this yid comes in, the palace all the way over his head. He just goes to the front and he just stands there, he's standing the rest of the davening. Doesn't move, doesn't do anything, he's just davening like that. He's going to see a little commotion. And you know who it is. It's just the parts. The parts showed up. No, 
That's what it means when the when a tzaddik looked at him, you know. It wasn't with the hamapel chavli sheneinai. It wasn't with those eyes that sometimes are open, sometimes closed. It was the mayor Le'ishen Basai. We have to ask, we have to daven so much. And this is part of the daven of Slich. We daven so much that the Rabbanu should look at us with those eyes. He is already. That we should feel it. And we should feel invited like that. And even if we don't get a formal invitation, to know in our kishkes that we actually are invited. Have the schos of our pupil, the pupil of our eye to be illuminated like that. Hashem should bless each and every one of you. And each and every one of us. To realize the truth that we are invited to the king. And the king wants to hear of us. And he wants to be close to us. And the only greatest nachas that we can give to Rabbanu Shalom is for us to show up on Slichas. It's the biggest nachas that Rabbanu Shalom has. Tavshin Beis, to come to Slichas, Tzai Shabbos, and ready. It's after Chatzai, now ready. I'm talking to one to, to come to Slichas like that. And we're going to sing another nigga. <laughs> so it's Mamish. What type of. It's Mamish. The Rabbanu Shalom wants this. It's the biggest nachas of Hashem. As Yom Shabbos, each and every one of you will exceed with a chesimah toivah. A gog eventually you. Everything should be good with chesadim gemurim. Gevuris gemutakas. Everything should be good for you and your families, for all of the kehillah, the whole, the whole community, all of Klai Yisrael. V'yaskot tzedek, and here we may not want to. Amen.